Hey everyone, and welcome to Refinery Life Radio. I'm Gary Hoban, and I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the beautiful Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast anytime, feel free to come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road at Labrador. And for more details, you can visit our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. And this week, we're starting a new series titled The Personal Portraits of Peter. These messages are going to contain lessons that can help each and every one of us every single day. And today we're talking about a beatitude for Simon Peter. And the text we'll concentrate on is Matthew 16, 16 to 17. It says, Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed, the Son of the Living God. Verse 17. Then Jesus answered him, Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, favoured by God are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Because flesh and blood, mortal man, did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then the scripture reading which we'll work through is Matthew 16, 13-26, and then the parallel passages of Mark 8, 27-37, and Luke 9, 18-25. So you can have a read of those later on if you like. About two years had passed since Jesus had chosen his disciples. And only a little more than six months remained before his crucifixion. Our Lord needed to intensify his efforts to prepare the apostles for the event that was to come. After Jesus refused to become a king... Great multitudes of his disciples had turned away and opposition against him had started to increase. You find that sometimes yourself when you don't do what the crowd wants you to do? And for the purpose of testing his disciples, Jesus chose to take them north from Galilee into the district of Caesarea Philippi, which was ruled by Herod Philip. And this region was on the slope of Mount Hermon near the source of where the Jordan River begins. And the reason I tell you about the, the landscape and where they are is because I feel it's really important that we actually understand where the Bible stories took place because they're historic sites. And Simon Peter was blessed because by the help of God, he confessed faith in Jesus Christ. That's Matthew 16, 13 to 17. So he was blessed because he confessed faith and Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that the Son of Man is? Son of Man was actually a term Jesus often used to describe himself. And the disciples were ready with several answers when he asked this question. Some said that John the Baptist had come back to life. That was the opinion that Herod Antipas had in Mark 6.14. Others said Elijah, probably because of the prophecy in Malachi 4.5. Others named Jeremiah or another one of the prophets. These questions had been introductory to the main question, however. The main question was, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied in Matthew 16, 16, says, You are the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, the Son of the living God. That Jesus is the Messiah was not a new claim. When Andrew first brought Simon to Jesus, he declared in John 1, 41, it says, he, he first looked for and found his own brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, 
which translated means the Christ. Early in his ministry, Jesus revealed himself to the Samaritan woman as the Messiah. So this wasn't a new claim. And because of growing opposition, Jesus ceased to use the term and referred to himself as Son of Man, which was a veiled messianic term that did not arouse any opposition. And a few weeks earlier, when Jesus entered the boat after walking on the sea, the disciples worshipped him and said in Matthew 14.33, it says, Then those in the boat worshipped him with awe-inspired reverence, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Jesus concurred, for he accepted their worship. He didn't have to say anything, he just accepted their worship. And when his hour did come, Jesus, on oath, before Caiaphas, affirmed that he was the Christ, the Son of God, in Matthew 26, 63, 64. And Jesus was pleased with Peter's answer. At a time when others had turned away, Peter had remained steadfast. He joyfully said to him in Matthew 16, 17, Blessed, happy, spiritually secure, favoured by God are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because of the flesh and blood did not reveal this to you but my Father who is in heaven. Simon Peter's confession of faith was an experience brought about by the power of God. This order teaches that Christianity is not signing a creed or is it you know, thinking about philosophy of life or the philosophy of life. It is primarily an experience that comes from God. Simon Peter was blessed because he was acting like a rock he was living up to his name in confessing Christ. Jesus added in Matthew 16, 18, And I say to you that you, Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, death, will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of the Christ. Christ is the architect and the builder of his church. Christ's church is composed of everyone who has answered his call to come out of sin and into salvation, and who, as Simon Peter did, confess him to be the Messiah, the Son of the living God. The Greek word ecclesia translated as church means an assembly or congregation, and it was used in the Septuagint for the congregation of Israel, and in secular Greek it was used for the assembly of the people in a Greek city-state for the purposes of transacting business. Ecclesia means called out. Christ's church is composed of all the redeemed of all time in heaven and earth, all those who have been called out by him. And Peter had acted like a rock in making his noble confession. A little later he would act like Satan in suggesting that Jesus not go to the cross, and we know that story. Peter was no more actually a rock than he was actually Satan. In confessing faith in Christ, he was acting like a rock. On this rock of a person, confessing faith in him, Jesus would keep building his church. He had begun to build with the winning of the first disciples. That's when he started building his church. And he will continue to build until the end of time. Saved people are, as it were, spiritual stones in the temple that Christ is building. Simon Peter was blessed by being a member of an indestructible church, as are we. The literal translation of Matthew 16, 18, the gates of Hades will not overpower it by preventing the resurrection of Christ. 
is correctly explained, the powers of death shall not prevail against it. Christ's church is composed of redeemed people who have eternal life and either live here or with the Lord in paradise. Christ was not guaranteeing the perpetuity of an institution, but rather the eternal life of his people. Christ's church would not be destroyed here or hereafter. Christ, the builder and head of the church, has conquered death. He promised in John 14, 19, After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, and you will live also. Simon Peter was blessed because he was a member of a church with a mission of eternal consequences. The keys of the kingdom of heaven are entrusted to all the church, not just your pastor. To Peter, Jesus said in Matthew sixteen nineteen, I will give you the keys, the authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, which means forbid, declare, or be to be improper and unlawful on earth, will have already be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, so whatever you permit, declare lawful on earth, will have already been loosed in heaven. This promises sorry, this promise was not to Peter alone, nor restricted to the twelve apostles, because in Matthew eighteen 15 to 18, on occasion when Jesus was talking to the whole congregation, the church, he used the same words. The steward kept the keys to his master's building. The keys denote stewardship. The steward was responsible for using his master's property in accord with his master's expressed desire. Christ has committed to his church the stewardship of the gospel. Let me say that again. Christ has committed to his church the stewardship of the gospel. The keys of the kingdom do not operate apart from the response of a person to the gospel. You don't get the keys unless you're actually responding to what Jesus said. No person is given power to save another, nor to keep another from being saved. I can't save anyone. I don't get to choose whether someone is saved or not. That's entirely up to Christ. Surely the Lord did not expect his followers to misconstrue this figure of speech to negate John 3.16. God alone has the power to forgive sins, to save or to refuse to save. He has not delegated his power to any person, any group of people or any institution. One of our church denominations believe that their leader has the right to rewrite the Bible. The Bible doesn't say that. No person, group of people or institution has been given the power that God has. God has not delegated his power to anybody. And it is foolish to speak of passing on by apostolic succession a power the apostles never had. We hear stories all the time about, I want to pick up so-and-so's mantle or Elijah's mantle or whatever it might be. God never gave the, those people the power. It was God working through them. As we finish up today, the true apostolic succession is to accept the stewardship of the gospel. It is really that simple. We are to witness to Jesus, who is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Saviour, the Word of God, the Lamb of God, and the resurrection and life. As people accept Christ of the gospel, they enter the kingdom of God. If people reject this Christ, they remain outside. 
Decisions made here and now have eternal consequences. What is bound here on earth stands bound in heaven, and what is loosed here on earth stays loosed in heaven. Let me encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us that we can get from going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him and He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body if you allow Him to. You're important to God, you know that already, but you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal His promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and whatever you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. We're seeing some fantastic miracles happen just through the power of prayer within our church community. So we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings. <laughs>